0: So let's say it's a mix of Groundhog Day, Tenet, and Loki. Okay. Okay. Because there's seen a lot little... of those. <laughs> no, there's no Bill Murray, there's no Andy McDowell. Okay, it's already good. Welcome to another episode of Odd Sox Entertainment. Two brothers talking about everything that they shouldn't be talking about in their two-drink cinema podcast. (laughs) Um, How are you, Brett? I'm good. How are you? Good. That's good. And we are good to go. Alrighty. Um, Are we? We're good. We're good to go. That's great. So, this is going to be light on in Variety. Because I haven't watched a lot of new things this week. Uh, I've watched one, two new things. I've watched some more of Outlaws on Amazon Prime. uh, And I can even more highly recommend it. It's very good. Okay. I've watched half an an episode of The Lazarus Project before I fell asleep. That's on Stan. The falling asleep is not the quality of the show, though. Okay. It was Um, the tiredness of The Watcher? It was the tiredness of The Watcher. Yes, and so, uh, but I'm going to say a couple of things about the Lazarus Project. The trailer says, and the advertising on the buses say, it is a mix between fast and furious and another thing that's just gone from my mind. Oh, that's good advertising. But it is not that. It seems to be a mix between... Tenet and Loki. R- r- right. So the concept, Lazarus, you know, this old character that r- that dies and comes back to life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. La- Sister Mary Lazarus in r- Sister rises Act 1 the dead. rises from her bus crash into Sister Act 2. Yeah. Yeah. That's what this project is named after, okay, the good. Sister Mary Lazarus project. Yeah. We've reviewed both of those on Two Drink Cinema in case you hadn't <laughs> yes. worried why I just stuck them in there, listeners. There is a man in London who, when he dies, or he keeps reliving the same time Groundhog Day. Okay. Yeah. So let's say it's a mix of Groundhog Day, Tenet, and Loki. Okay. Okay. Because there's seen a little, one of those. <laughs> no, there's no Bill Murray. There's no Andy McDowell. Okay. It's already good. Some, somewhat yep. unfortunately for some. So the, the thing is that he. Uh, is reliving the same time and in the first half of episode one, he wakes up on the same day three times. Yep. And then he's all like, what the fuck's going on? And in the second time, this woman gives him a business card. Say, so if it happens again and you mm-hmm. want to find out, go to this address. Okay. He goes to that address and there's nothing really there except like a dead warehouse. This is all from half an episode. Yep. Okay. Then it happens in the th- uh, the third time. So he goes to the address because he's like, what the fuck's going on? Okay. Okay. And that's when she tells him about the Lazarus Project. And the Lazarus Project resets the timeline when they have failed to prevent an extinction-level event. Okay. That's where the Loki connection comes in. Okay, I was going to say the Umbrella Academy as well or something. So, um, yeah, that's where the Loki connection comes in resetting the timeline when shit goes wrong. Okay. The tenant connection comes in because it's a guy who is in it but has no idea what's going on. Yeah. But that's also, you can kind of wind back time and time goes backwards sometimes. Okay. I did like the first half. Maybe it was three quarters of an episode. Right. <laughs> considering the amount that I learnt. Uh, and so I'm going to keep watching it. Okay, good. All right, that's the Lazarus Project on Stan. All righty. You watch new things more than me. This I, week.
1: well, one was a TV show and one was a movie. Yeah. Um. So last week, Umbrella Academy was coming out. So on Wednesday, I watched. Yes. Started it. I got a bit. I got very confused at the start. Oh, okay. Mainly because I couldn't remember the end of two. Yeah. They do it previously though. But then, for some reason, it skipped it. I don't. I didn't. I don't think I clicked skip recap. Okay. But anyway, I didn't get it previously.
0: I accidentally watched the trailer to season three of Umbrella Academy, and it actually makes me think I do want to watch season three now. Well, it looks... it's with The thing with Umbrella Academy is,
1: uh, the, uh, what I've found with the other seasons as well, is that it will all make sense in the end. Yes. Right? So it's like this happens, and you're like, what is going on? And then there's this other, who's, who's he? And then there's, who the fuck are they? That's basically what the first two episodes have been for me. Okay. Right? Was,
0: that was also the first two episodes of season one and two. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So in the end, we'll work it out. I'm sure they'll save the day. I don't know how many episodes are out. I've watched three
0: episodes. I think it's all out.
1: Probably is. It is Netflix.
0: Have they addressed, like we talked about last week. Yes. The, the Vanya to Victor and the Ellen to Elliot transition. They have. How? Do you approve? I approve. Okay. Should we? Do you want to say what? Well, or it, leave that you know, to the viewer. You know
1: what was awkward, or oh, not awkward? I shouldn't say that. I was a bit uncomfortable. Not uncomfortable. Anyway. Okay. The first episode. Yep. Still Vanya. Okay. Because the first episode kind of picks up straight from the end of season two.
0: Oh, back to the future style. Yeah. So, yep.
1: Vanya and I'm like, this is, yeah. I'm so, I don't know. It was weird to watch. Yep. And then it's praise. It's pretty much just, I'm Victor now. And they're like, yeah, okay, cool. Oh, moving, moving on.
0: Okay, yeah. So It the, wasn't
1: any natural, like, alternate universe, yeah. where Vanya is Victor.
0: Victor thing. came through a portal, and now yeah. it's a different. But it's still the sibling. But it's not. Yeah. Yep. So it's just had a it thing, and so it the is, siblings reacted. has always been Victor. So the siblings. Reacted kind of like most of the world does react to trans people, just not their yeah. vocal minority reaction. To it was trans just people. like, got a haircut.
1: Then they were like, nice hair. Yeah. Like, great. Vanya, it's Victor now. And they were like, yeah, cool. Yeah. They were right. like, any problem? Like,
0: nah. We could very easily make this week's rant about trans people. That sounds like it would be a negative thing when you uh, say it like that, Lee. But no, no. We could rant, not rant about trans people, rant about the trans treatment representation. of trans people and trans representation, uh, but we won't. We'll uh, save that for when we watch Priscilla, Queen of the Desert. We'll save that for if we do our political podcast, Same. but you and I have a uh, track record on, I've listened back to some previous Two Drink Cinema episodes, of just dropping in huge political bombs yeah. uh, and then moving on. <laughs> well, like, considering what's been <laughs> happening in America this week, let's try and avoid that. <laughs> like? the episode i re listened to the other day uh where we just go you, where you said oh great thanks yeah, <laughs> are you saying george bush invaded iraq for no reason yep and then we moved on <laughs> was that what we're not going to say anything about who did 9/11 okay <laughs> we're going to leave that But one if well you want to know
1: our thoughts i think we did an episode of the movie worth so they're probably
0: in that one yeah yeah, yeah we'll be in that one um, so we've dropped. Uh, no, we we'll, we haven't dropped any political bombshells. Um, but Feniff is fucked, really. Yeah. Okay. Moving so on. let's just move um, on from that. The
1: so Umbrella Academy is good. It's yes. much the same. You know what you're getting into. Yep. Um, <laughs> guess what decade of music they play during the show? Oh, it's eighties. Yeah. There's like a dance off to Footloose. I'm like, what well, has this got to do with anything? Footloose does have dance-offs though. Yeah,
0: but I was just like, why? It was weird. But then it was, are anyway. they that age though? That if they were going to dance off, they'd dance off to an eighties movie. Nah, they're
1: not that. They're like normal. They're normal.
0: Age. Normal age. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry to any of our older or younger listeners. No, you know, well, apart from the, I don't know how old they they're are. They're millennials, to be honest, aren't they? Yeah, or our yeah, age. Yeah, yeah. They're they were born in. So they're all born the same day, nineteen eighty nine. Okay, is that, is that where so it they're started? Your age,
0: a normal age.
1: Yeah, they're a normal <laughs> age to me. Yeah, um, yeah. So it's good. Obviously, I'll keep watching it to work out where it's going.
0: Yeah, but well, there's that's... new
1: there's new people as well.
0: Blah blah blah. The Sparrow Academy. Yeah. Okay. All right. So worth watching uh, if you've watched season one and two. Would yes. you recommend the whole series?
1: Uh, if you're gonna, if you haven't watched it, you need to watch it from the start.
0: Yes, but would you recommend people watch it, or yeah. is it one of those yes. series where, oh, I've watched one and two, I've got to watch three just to fucking stick it out?
1: No, you watch the. I'd watch the whole series. Okay, I would recommend the whole series, but you could almost watch just one season and that's enough.
0: Season one, yeah, yeah, okay. Anyway, all right, good. Um. The only other new thing I've watched we just saw at the cinema. We have did. Have you watched something else new? Uh no. Okay. We're going to we've we've got the other things out of the way. We're going to have a big long talk about Baz Luhrmann's Elvis. Possible spoilers. Possible spoilers. We'll try to put it we'll try to do it a bit spoilerless because it is reasonably close to the movie. So stay listening if you think you want to go and see Elvis. If you have seen Elvis, uh, then keep listening. Jeez. Two Drinks Cinema, an Odd Socks Entertainment podcast. I'm Lee. And I'm Brett. We are two brothers reviewing movies. Two drinks at a time. The old, the new, the classic, and the cult. We tick all the boxes. We bring you the news on the latest movie releases and drunkenly review some of the best films of yesteryear. Find us on your favourite podcast platform
1: and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Two Drink Cinema.
0: Cheers. All right. Baz Luhrmann, his latest film is Elvis. Much anticipated. Much anticipated. So much talk, particularly around the fact that Tom Hanks was the celebrity super spreader. Yeah. Uh, of the COVID. Yes. I do like that Baz records in Australia. I do like that as well because there were a lot of Australians in it. Yes. I was because like, oh, Richard Rocksbrah. We get to see Richard Roxburgh, David Wenham. Um, that guy named Nicholas who was in that show The Games with John Clark and Brian Dore back in the year 2000. (laughs) Oh, he's a bit out of
1: what we're used to seeing him in. Well, I've only seen him in that. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Then that was, you know, it was so annoying. That guy that then plays another guy that comes in and he's like, let's change up and do this TV thing. I was like, he is someone who is, and he's in Stranger Montgomery. Yeah. Yeah even though I haven't watched that.
0: He's also Australian, though. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So that's a good thing. There's a lot of Australians. Some of them...
0: No Australian scenery, unfortunately. Some of them... Well, it's not in Australia. Yeah. No, I know, because Elvis never left the country. Um, some, some of them didn't quite get the accents down. Shall we talk about accents in the big names, though? Because... Okay. We off- just recently talked about... Starship Troopers. Yeah. Uh, where Dizzy has a random Irish accent. But our I mate. You know, you could
1: dance. <laughs> but our mate
0: Tom also does at one point. Tom. Okay. I have to say
1: this. This is a very Baz Luhrmann thing. You watch the movie and go, oh, this is Baz. Yeah. It's all like. It looks great. And there's it music does look in great. it. It yes. That's great. Yes.
0: That's a Baz Luhrmann that's movie. Baz Luhrmann, right? Yep. I do remember that big musical number in the Australian Outback when Hugh and Nicole did their little duet. That was great. <coughs> yeah. It's not... It's I
1: don't know. It's I think it's the worst of his movies.
0: Yeah, you and I have actually come out of this movie with very differing opinions.
1: I also think...
0: I, I love Tom Hanks. All we, right. We as a production company love, love Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. We as a planet love Tom Hanks. Yes. All right. <laughs> Even when he came and brought COVID to Australia.
1: Most of Tom Hanks's bad movies are still good. Yep. I'm looking at you terminal. But <laughs> this, I have to say, if I voted for the Razzies, I'd be thinking of Tom. Really? Yeah. It was something, like, not right about it. I can't put my finger on it. For me... I don't know if it was the accent. It was the accent for me. It was some sort of weird Dutch-American Anne Hathaway something. I don't even know what nationality he was.
0: He was meant to be... Well, um, Colonel Tom Parker is a Dutch alien, and... He is meant to be trying to maybe put on an American accent. Yeah, I don't know. Or he's lived in America that long that it's a bit Dutch, a bit American, but then there were a couple of Irish-sounding lines. Yeah. This could be my rant one week about casting people from their country. Yes, okay. I think I... Yeah, I'll save it because there isn't really a... um, Actor who's someone that was Dutch that has been pretending to be American for twenty years. By the time we meet him, yeah, like I don't know if there's many of them in Hollywood. I don't think so. Or well, in acting worldwide, there,
1: there could be, but we'll never know because Tom Hanks just got their role. That's true. They've been wanting to play Colonel. What it's his Tom name? Parker for their whole career, and Tom Hanks
0: swooped in and, and goes, their, "I'm Tom Hanks. Give it their to me." One role, yeah, because there aren't that many famous people. What about Angels and Demons? <laughs> If you're talking about Tom Hanks' bad movie. Yeah. I can't remember that one. I remember him having bad hair in that. He's been in a movie called Elvis Has Left the Building.
1: Oh.
0: Where he played the mailbox Elvis. A fugitive pink lady rep hooks up with a bored ad exec trying to avoid going down for the murder of several Elvis impersonators. Yeah. All right. Um, Kim Basinger's in it. From the director of my big fat Greek wedding. Anyway, this I liked it. The start was weird. There were some weird choices
1: of, um, it's not quite what, quite, it's not quite what I was
0: expecting. Well, I read another review that the where the word incoherent and cacophonous was used. I didn't find it either of those things. I I I quite liked it. I thought. Austin Butler, he was very good, really made up for Tom Hanks' shortcomings, I think.
1: Yeah, which you
0: wouldn't have thought that would be what would happen going into the movie. No, he is uh, great. His voice, his look, he's incredibly pretty, so it's hard not to get a good look on the screen. Yeah, he didn't. They didn't do a lot to him to make him look like Elvis. It is very easy with the iconic hair. With the hair and the outfits and stuff. And those bright blue eyes. But he was very good. I read an article about his singing. He did a lot of singing in the movie. uh, But Baz did mix, particularly in the later years, mix recordings of Elvis with singings of Austin Butler. Okay. And I've seen interviews, you will have, listeners, seen interviews uh, with Austin Butler about how stressed he was about doing a good job of representing such an iconic figure. Yeah. He said he barely slept for three years. Uh, he might have needed his own Dr. Nick to, because he was so stressed and he was so concerned about uh, representing Elvis so well. And I think he did. I think he did, as well as I know know Elvis, yeah. which I don't. Yeah, uh, he did do quite well. It is well. quite a because it's such an iconic
1: voice as well. Yeah, it's kind of I don't want to say easy to portray, but if you can do the voice, then that's if half you can do the, the voice
0: and then you put the hairstyle on. Yeah, people are just gonna go, oh, it's Elvis.
1: Yeah, and if you can move your hips like that. Yeah, then there's you're plenty fine.
0: of Elvis impersonators out there that can't do either of those things. Yeah, but still get gigs. So, well done, done. Austin Butler. Yes. Um, It's a very Baz movie.
1: There was... I don't know. It was like... Then at the start, and then there was like a comic book bit. I was like, that is unnecessary. We don't need that. I don't know. It was just weird. And then it was like he was in... Tom Hanks was in a hospital. Spoilers. And then... He's picturing, then he's... They filmed those scenes live when he was in there for COVID. Yeah. He <laughs> was in hospital and then he was just in his hospital gown sitting at a casino table. I was like, I, what is this?
0: Yeah, I thought all of the scenes where it was just Austin Butler and Tom Hanks in the time playing Elvis and Colonel Tom Parker, I found those scenes all really good. Yeah. Um, and Priscilla was really good. All of the characters are really good. Yeah, that kind of in between. I didn't quite get on board with the him telling us the story.
1: Yeah, I didn't like that it was from Colonel Parker's perspective. But if it's based on a,
0: all right. So I'm gonna do a big spoiler. Okay.
1: Elvis dies, people.
0: Okay. So does Colonel Tom Parker. I'm going to do a bit of a spoiler here because through the movie, I was kind of thinking it's an interesting choice that the story is all told. Colonel Tom Parker telling us the story. Yes. And throughout, he's kind of like, oh, oh, everyone thinks I'm the bad guy but i'm not the bad guy here's the real story
1: yeah but then the story the makes story him look like a bad guy do,
0: does make him look like a bad guy but then the end credits you know on every biopic they yeah, say they this have is to say something about the person yeah those end words about colonel tom parker gave the whole movie then this kind of almost vindictive like Baz made the movie to tell the world Tom Parker fucked Elvis up for everyone. Yeah. Because the, the two credit cards that are put up about Colonel Tom Parker are just about, um, Colonel Tom Parker's financial abuse of Elvis was exposed later and, um, he had to pay out the Presley estate and he spent his later years, um, drunkenly wandering casinos pouring his fortune into slot machines. Yeah. That's like two quick jabs at the end of the movie to be like, fuck Colonel Tom Parker. And then it was followed by Elvis is the highest solo recording artist of all time. Yeah. So those two things made the movie seem very much like Colonel Tom Parker robbed us of more Elvis yeah. By being the asshole that he yeah. is.
1: But I think it kind of also glossed over a lot of things, which is saying something because I think it was two hours and forty minutes long and it was too long.
0: Yeah, I biopics biopics are tough, I imagine, because you have to pick one thing of their career. You can't tell even an Yeah. You know, it was only twenty years of Elvis, really. Yeah. Elvis stardom. You have to pick a part of that to tell. So Mm. you either do kind of what Respect did a little bit, and we just got kind of glimpses along the whole of Aretha's life. Yeah. But the point was she was abused at every step of the way, basically. Yes. Or you do... Ray overcoming the fact that he was blind, or Here's you do, the
1: point. or you do Judy, where it's just Renee Zellweger being Judy at this concert that she did in London. Yes, and then there's flashbacks to why she's a mess.
0: Yeah, so you you have to pick spoiler alert a, a point. and yeah. at the start, uh, I didn't think it was going to be as against. Colonel Tom Parker, as it was, but obviously that's the point that um, Baz decided to make. That stuff that you were talking about at the start with the comic book stuff, I thought it was going to be a little more on the Rocket Man side of things. Yeah. And become a bit of a fantasy musical. Fantasy musical. musical yeah. Based loosely on Elvis's life. Yeah. But I feel like... When Baz Luhrmann is pretty free, he is a bit like that. In a bit like he does this in this style, and then yeah. he does that that a bit. Well, that's he's what... done that kind of in Moulin Rouge. There's yeah. a there's the weird trippy dance numbers of yes. spectacular, spectacular, and the can can, and then there's the intimate scenes between you and Nicole. Mm. Uh, he's he kind of does movies that do a bit of this and a bit of that. And even like all the way back to Strictly Ballroom, it's a bit of documentary, it's a bit of love story, it's a bit of drama. Yeah. Um, and so that people often, I think, either don't get that or don't like that. Yeah. And I think that's a bit of a criticism of Baz and it seems to be a bit of a criticism of Elvis.
1: The music was an interesting choice. Which you would think it would be obvious what music to use. But then it was like they'd have a bit of yeah. Elvis song and then it'd be like um a modern version of it.
0: Yeah. And then or- there'd
1: be, you know, modern music underneath him singing Hound Dog. And it was I was like, why do we need this modern take on it? Wouldn't it be better just to use Elvis's music if you're showing how good Elvis is? Well, a couple of times
0: I did think, like there's a Doja Cat has a song in there, Eminem and CeeLo Green. Yeah, that was the um, end credits. Sway Lee and Diplo. Uh, You know, there's a Pinal remix of an Elvis song, Casey Musgraves. Uh, Yeah, there's, you know, a Tame Impala remix of another Elvis song. And it's just it's interesting because at one point I did think, oh, they're doing a Doja Cat one at this point to kind of show that came over the, a lot of the Beale street stuff. That wasn't like the, the bluesy Beale street BB King stuff. Yeah. And I'm like that with a few other things. I'm like, maybe they're, trying to feature some people of artists of color.
1: Yeah. But then but then why do a modern one when you could have just showcased the the music that Elvis stole from them?
0: Well, yeah, cuz then they I'm didn't blunt. seem to cover any actual issues with race music at the time. And it just
1: seemed that Which I think was kind of what happened. I'm not a music historian, Mm. but it was just like he heard um, Big Mama Thornton do Hound Dog and was like, I'm going to do that song and then did it and it was fine. But there was no like, it just seemed like they were like the people of colour were were fine with that. Like you never got their side of it. That's what I found odd, but I suppose that's a different movie that you make. Your death yeah, fails.
0: but if the point of... If what Baz has tried to do is make a movie where Colonel Tom Parker is the asshole of Elvis's career, yeah. then don't make BB King a huge part of it. Yeah. Like, don't have him going down to Beale Street as many times as he does, because then us as watchers start to question why Big Mama's happy to, to jam with him when he sto- his biggest early hit was her song. Yes. Because I I do think... Yeah, obviously we can't comment on the feelings of artists of colour in that time. Yeah. But it certainly wasn't a good practice to take those artists' songs and just re-release them. Although, it, yeah, it's... That I found... Lacking in the movie, yeah, I felt that it, they glossed. That was another thing they kind of glossed over. They glossed over it until Martin Luther King got shot, and that's when Elvis goes, "Oh, race is an issue." Yeah, and decides then, to do a protest song. Yeah, like, no, that was but that
1: when he did that, that protest was song, Kennedy. that was after. Yeah,
0: yeah. So, but also like, I'm this is not me having to go at Elvis. Elvis knew race was an issue because he grew up in a what was turned in the movie a coloured neighbourhood. Neighbourhood is very loose term for what that what they showed. Yeah, but yeah, I just I generally like Baz Luhrmann, but I'm not sure he did race that well. Well, that's like in this movie. I feel like he had to put it in there. Yeah.
1: But he didn't go deep enough with it. But then if he did, that's another half an hour. Yeah. Or another hour. But if it is, but then, I don't
0: know. And as it is, a couple of times he skipped things. He skipped his whole time in the army, other than meeting Priscilla. He skipped what they did. They very
1: briefly were just like, he made movies. Yeah. Done. Yeah. I'm like, okay, he made a shitload of movies.
0: A lot of movies. And
1: I I, I think it would have been better if they were like, yeah, yes. And then they were good. And then they were awful.
0: Like- yeah, because <laughs> Tom Hanks just said, we made them quicker and we made them cheaper. And then there was one or two scenes that didn't look good of the movies. Yeah. And then we moved on. They skipped the last two years of his life. Yeah, I, I was, was worried. Like, I was worried he because... Gig, he did a gig... Two years later, dead. Oh, okay. Yeah, he, did a gig. Is dead. he did a gig, collapsed.
1: One year later, still performing, then he's dead. But it's only 1975. Then I was like, are they going to keep going? Because this has been going for two and a half hours. They've got to wrap it up now, yeah. surely.
0: I kind of lost track of what year it was. Yeah. And then I was like, how much longer till he dies? I also didn't think they really
1: went into enough how we got to where it was when Tom first met him or was introduced to him. It was just yeah. like, he's, he does this, like the thing, it was like, oh, we don't want to play that colored music. And then there's like, he's white. He's white. He's white. I found that really funny. And I don't think it was meant to be funny that <laughs>
0: they, they would, everybody was just like,
1: he's white.
0: I think, yeah, I think there was a bit of, it was interesting there were there were a couple of people that laughed in the cinema at some lines to do with race that i don't know maybe i was a little bit more sensitive that maybe weren't intended to be funny yes but it it was making a very clear point when tom hanks was only interested in him once he was white once he found out he was yeah, white because he said i then he can knew sell it this. would be the money yeah I think anyone could have sold Elvis, to be honest.
1: Yeah, even his dad.
0: Yeah, uh, he. I was. The mum say, was good. She was good, um, and Richard Roxburgh, the dad, was good as Although well. His accent. His accent was better better than the senator played by that Nicholas guy. That's true. Uh, and both of their accents were better than Tom's at certain points.
1: Yeah, I just didn't know what the accent actually was, so I was a bit confused.
0: Yeah, I found it odd that Austin Butler never seemed to age or put on weight. Or until the very last scene, yeah. and I'm like, oh, Until God. he's sitting at the piano and he's gained 30 kilos. Yeah. He did look shit-ass, though. Yeah. They did a good job of making him look terrible. He looked
1: shit-ass. I'm like, oh, that's a bit of an exaggeration. But then they showed the actual footage, and I'm like... Oh no that's that's
0: pretty no, accurate. No when I yeah. saw it I thought it was under. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I guess the way people talk about Elvis being fat I was expecting like huge huge fat. Like Elvis. end of meaning of life fat. Yeah, yeah yeah. Um I I do think Baz made a couple of interesting comments about fame. Yeah. But just a little bit kind of surface and not too deep, almost again, like, oh, I should put this in, but I really want to, you know, take a dig at Colonel Tom Parker. One was when B.B. King says, they won't send you to jail. You're a famous white boy. Yeah. Too many people are making too much money off you. Whether or not B.B. said that, I'm not sure. I wasn't there. I don't think he, well. Yeah.
1: I don't know B.B. King either. (laughs) I know B.B. King
0: less than I do. Elvis, Elvis, so artistic license, maybe he said something along those lines. So th- that scene was in there and that scene is still true to this day. And at the end, I found it really awkward when Austin Butler suddenly is fat and looks like shit and there are still young women screaming for him and he's still selling out shows, even though he is clearly struggling. Yes. And clearly not doing well, uh, people still want to see him.
1: Yeah, I think that's the things that I laughed at when he was apparently going to be a great dramatic actor. Yeah. I'm telling myself, like, he was as good as Brando.
0: I was like, no. No, <laughs> no. Even in Viva Las Vegas, arguably his best movie, he wasn't that great. <laughs> Who was with Babs in A Star Is Born? I forgot. Um, Chris Chris Christopherson, oh, or wait, let me look it up. Okay, because that's one thing I didn't know was that.
1: Why did I look up Barbara Streisand and not a star, a star, is, star is born? born? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully, oh, it's not even in her top movies. Oh,
0: are we doing a known for? We're doing for... known
1: for Barbara Streisand. Uh, 1976.
0: We're going to turn this into a little two-drink cinema within an Odd socks Entertainment episode. So we might do some Google reviews. Yeah, and Chris we'll Christopherson. Chad S. Minkwo. Yeah, Chris Christopherson. Chris I thought Chris he was later than the 70s.
1: Um, no. Anyway. And the 1950s one was Judy Garland and James Mason. And the 1920s one was Janet Gaynor and Frederick March. And the 2018 one was... Lady Gaga, and Bradley Cooper. Okay. And the 2028 version <laughs> is Olivia Rodrigo and Shawn Mendes. Or
0: <laughs> well, maybe there could be the bodyguard. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Um, it is – <sighs> how do
1: I sum this up? Because I was going to say it's good, but then everything I've said is not good. It's – just watch. I would recommend it. Uh, actually, I don't know if I would. I would. I would recommend it, and it'll get nominated, I think, come Oscar time, depending on what other movies are around. Costume? Costu- well, that's the thing I don't get about... Th- Sometimes I don't agree with costume design nominations at the Oscars because I love a period piece. Oh, yeah. But then
0: it's like... If you put someone in a petticoat, you get you're good.
1: Yeah, you're like, oh, Elizabeth got nominated for um, costume design for just copying the portrait of something that she's already worn. Yeah, and there's been that They didn't that design many, anything new. They just made it.
0: But also there's been that many Elizabeth movies that Warner Brothers and Universal probably have one in their costume department already. Yeah. They just have to resize it for whether it's Kate Blanchett or whoever's next to play Elizabeth. Yeah. I think the costumes were very good. Again, it is just, I guess, a copy of what we've seen Elvis yeah. in. yeah. But all of the people around him were dressed very well yes. for the time. Uh, I thought... production Like, it's... Production
1: design. Production design and that, which, of course, is Catherine Martin again.
0: Yeah. We, his, is that his wife? I don't know, but he it's marries. always his thing. It's always his production designer. And it's pr- a she pretty good gig. Well. Because, like, as a production designer, I'm sure you get hired and it's sometimes just like, I want to make this back look like a real city. Yeah. And then you get a Baz Luhrmann gig. And you're like, well, we need to, like... Be somewhere need, between I need real Las Vegas, colour. more color, more color, Catherine. <laughs> somewhere between real Las Vegas and real Las Vegas, if you did a few psychedelics. Somewhere between yes. those two things, uh, and Catherine Martin, I think tick that box.
1: I think she does. She's very good. Um, she's very good at the designing of things. That's that was a shit. <laughs> That's, that was shit. It's also a job. so... Yeah.
0: That's great. Well, for, she's uh, won
1: four Oscars for designing productions and clothing. So, um,
0: uh, IMDb has a star meter. Did you know this? Yeah, I mean, oh, how can, popular people are. You can only view it on IMDb Pro, which I didn't know was a thing. Uh, Tom Hanks's star meter is on eighty-nine, up forty this week. Who Tom Hanks? Tom Hanks. Oh, so before this was released, he was on forty-nine star meter.
1: Oh. I you know um, how that works. Catherine Martin has been married to Baz Luhrmann since January twenty sixth, nineteen
0: ninety seven. Oh, yeah, so okay. yeah. Well, if you look through it, you can definitely see that she started to have an input at Romeo and Juliet. She did. She wasn't particularly on board as production design for Strictly Ballroom, from memory. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Although I think she might have done that. Yeah. She did costume for Strictly Ballroom, uh, and she did production design.
0: Oh, okay. Basically,
1: I can't see anything in her credits that isn't a Baz Luhrmann movie.
0: <laughs> That's fine. If you're onto a good thing, keep going, I reckon. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I thought it was very good. I, I very much enjoyed it. I thought Aust- Austin Butler uh, played Elvis very well. He was the best thing about the movie. The music... Is done very well. It looks great. Uh, I thought the way they designed the early concert footage of Elvis to look like it was from the time yeah, was well done. Yeah. Because sometimes they'll intersperse real footage with now footage and yeah. it's very jarring, yes. historical footage and now footage, but they made all of it look like, uh old footage and did it very well. so I guess that's another credit to Catherine Yeah should we do some Google reviews of Ooh. Elvis because that could be risky at this point uh early on or do we just want to go into a chat Minquo? You know this is the wrong that's that's a different yeah podcast. no we're doing a little two drink cinema oh, we're doing a crossover because, are we Yeah we're talking about
1: the whole thing let's I'm going to find a one- star review that's not an essay.
0: Okay, I'm going to find a five-star review that's good.
1: I love music of Elvis Presley, but I was very disappointed with the Elvis movie. I came in with high expectations and left extremely disappointed. I almost gave it an F grade, but the last 30 minutes of the film was good, which makes me give it an overall grade of D+. Well done at the end, though, especially the Unchained Melody performance. Great acting by Butler and Hanks. I could see both getting nominated for an Oscar, Mm. but I think they got the wrong director for this film. That doesn't make sense. He wrote the film.
0: I I feel like it's a very... When I was like, Baz is going to tell the story of Elvis Presley, I'm like, yeah, I can see that.
1: Yeah. It was too artsy for me, and it felt like we were watching a musical movie versus a biopic movie about a legendary musician. I think if it was shot like a regular movie, it could have been golden. And let's not talk about the modern-day hip-hop rap music that's been played during the film, lol. That felt so out of place. The film loses that authenticity concept as this film is supposed to be about a historic musician in a historical period of time. And I love rap music, but you don't put modern-day rap music in a period piece about the early days of rock and roll. It was Non-existent during that time. Oh,
0: God. Yes, it was. Doja Cat was not born in nineteen sixty-two. <laughs> the
1: movie also left out some of Elvis's top hits, such as "Return to Sender," "Don't Be Cool," "Kentucky Rain," and Mari's the Name." They're also. I've heard of one of those songs.
0: I've heard of the first two, and they're not his best. Yeah, they're certainly not. D plus grade overall. Just sing it, King. Just sing. 12-minute standing ovation at the Cannes Film Festival this year. This was an amazing story of Elvis's life from growing up in poverty in Mississippi to the charismatic king of rock and roll. The movie is 2 hours and 40 minutes but flew by with Baz style <laughs> and leaves you wanting more. Baz style. Kudos to Baz Luhrmann and his genius in keeping the storyline moving quickly while keeping the audience engaged. A superlative performance by Austin Butler, A Star is Born. It is obviously how he studied Elvis's mannerisms and stage presence, and I cannot imagine any person giving a better performance. Elvis sold more records than anyone... else oh, then it just talks about Elvis. Tom Hanks gave a great performance as Colonel Parker with a P.T. Barnum-like flair. The tragedy is how he fiscally abused, not physically, even though he was an enabler in providing drugs to Elvis, and controlled Elvis for so many years. I would highly recommend this movie. You will laugh and you will cry for the king of rock and roll. There will never be another Elvis. Speaking of laughing and crying, I teared up once. At the end? Uh, yes. When he was that, that
1: ending where he's singing unchained melody is was very good.
0: Yes. So for listeners who only know Odd Sox Entertainment Podcast and don't know Two Drink Cinema. What we do in Two Drink Cinema is we talk about the movie, then we go through through some Google reviews, and then we have a score sheet uh, that is named after our benefactor, Chad S. Minkwo. Yes. We've taken his initials and assigned them to things. Not the other way around. We didn't invent a name based on these categories. Oh, no, not Don't at all. Don't even think that. Not at all. But the Chad S. Minkwo score is what we give every movie. So we're going to give Elvis... Score So the C in Chad stands for cry. Because I cry at anything in movies. I cry, I teared up, my eyes moistened twice. Okay. My eyes moistened <laughs> twice. Okay. Okay. Once. Once when, was when I sneezed. Once when Priscilla left and then once at the end. So it's a right. 0.5 each for oh. a moistened eye. Okay. So, so it's, it's a, a one One total. for the crying score. Right. House score. We've decided that in movies there's only three levels of house. Trailer, apartment, or big house. This is a big house. It's Graceland. Graceland is pretty big, even though he does grow up in what's essentially a slum. The A in Chad stands for arousal. Yes, it does. Is this a very horny movie? The audiences are quite horny. The audiences are very horny for Elvis. Yep. Uh, There was one big horniness at the end (laughs) that I was like, that's a horny point for sure. Okay. But I can't remember it. Um, Shall we... I'm going to give it a three. Three. Yeah, I think so. Now, then we do the drink score. How alcoholic it is. Do drugs count? Do pills count? No. No. It wasn't. when you think about it... You didn't drink a lot. It wasn't that much
1: drinking. The mum drank a bit.
0: She drank she herself was to death, actually. Well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay. So that's probably a four. Yeah, okay, four. Because she's only half the movie. Um, And then we score it whether it's a Coke movie or a Pepsi movie. This has both in it. This has both. Is it a comment... That before he's famous, he drinks Pepsi. Then once he's rich, he yeah. drinks Coke.
1: Well, maybe that's why in
0: our scoring system, Coke gets two, Coke gets and two Pepsi points gets one. and Pepsi gets one point. So this is the highest scoring drink score. It got a seven because it's got four for alcohol, yeah, yeah. two for Coke, and one for Pepsi. Stand up ability. Really I think it stands up. Pretty it's, relevant. It's been out for three days. I yeah. think it stands up. If it was released uh, three days after, it still would hold the same thing. So we're giving it. This is going to make it score really high. I know that's <laughs> kind of skewed. I don't know. Uh, I want to give it a four just because it's a modern movie made about a fairly racially volatile time that didn't really address the racial issues very much. Yeah, yeah. So I that I'm going to take Elvis's a point off. Elvis's music
1: stands up though, Elvis's especially music when up. you mix it in with Doja Cat and. M M&M. M. Um, yeah, M M. Silver Green. Yeah. Four for stand up
0: ability each. Okay, four. Oh, no, three and a half. Okay. Um Memorability.
1: I remember it really well. We watched it <laughs> two hours ago. So. Considering
0: we walked out of the cinema two hours ago, how well do you think you will remember it? Um <laughs> It's hard Picture to say. Picture yourself ten years Picture from now. Picture myself in
1: ten years when we're still doing two drink cinema and we're like, this movie was released on. I don't. I don't know. I don't think there's anything. Well, particularly that like.
0: It's hard to say memorable. how much a movie is memorable compared to the things you remember of Elvis.
1: Yeah, like it's two and a half. Pretty average.
0: Yeah, I'm gonna give it a two point seven five. It's the other thing we do, Odd Sox Entertainment listeners. I give 0.25s and Brett doesn't like it. Impact. No, it's when you give it like a 3.82. <laughs> that, no, that's only converting Roger Ebert's scores right. out of four yep. into fives. Impact. It's given us Austin Butler. He's going to be a star. Uh, I, yeah, other than that. I read an article today that talked about... When I read the article about Austin Butler singing in the movie... It, it called Austin Butler the future Dune star. <laughs> oh, he's coming up in June too. God. I'm going to give it a three for Austin Butler.
1: I'm giving it a... One and, and Richard a half.
0: Roxburgh. this could really make him as an actor, oh, Richard yeah. Roxborough.
1: Yeah, David Wenham's not done much before this either. One, point, one and a half, it's, I don't know, it's nothing. One and a half? All right, I'm going ground to drop to two and a half.
0: I realised that was a little bit ambitious, yeah. Rostam Butler.
1: <laughs> you are put a lot of pressure on him there.
0: David Wenham was in 300. I was joking. Oh, okay. Yeah. He was in Cosy. We know him in this country. Yeah, true.
1: Richard Roxburgh was also in Moulin Rouge.
0: I know. Too. Okay. Baz must like him. Was David Wenham in
1: Moulin Rouge as well? Anyway, moving on.
0: Oh, I was going to say, isn't he the owner of the place? But no, that's Richard Roxburgh. Yeah, I, do I get, get them, them a little bit confused. Yeah, nostalgia. Did it make you nostalgic for the times of <laughs> Elvis? <laughs> yeah. Um, no. This is we can do ones.
1: It, yeah, we'll do. Can we do a zero?
0: <laughs> I think I feel like it's unfair to give a movie that's been out three days a zero for nostalgia because yeah, it it's doesn't true. stand a chance. Quotability. He only. He Elvis has left the building. Was said twice. Yeah. Thank you very much was Thank only you very said much. once. Yeah. But that's the quotability of Elvis, uh-huh, not the movie. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
1: Um, I don't know why it was French. Um, quotability for songs again. <laughs> yeah, songs. <laughs> Two. Two, 2.25. Are you just trying to... Everything yep. has to be a bit more than me.
0: Because uh, you hated it and I liked it. But I'm so not... I don't want to do the Margaret and David thing where we no, have different No, but this opinions. isn't about... Whether liking, we like liking it or true.
1: it's just the general alcoholicness of a movie.
0: Overall rating two. out of five. Two. I'm going to give it a 3.5. <laughs> okay? So, the Chad score is a whopping 14. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, and the S. Minquo score is a 28.5. Okay, so it hasn't beat Godfather. So right. overall... <laughs> Uh, Out of 75, it has gotten a 42.5. Where does that put it on the leaderboard?
1: Pretty in the middle, I
0: think. 42.5, it puts it between Batman Returns and Death Becomes Her. Alan Mm. Silvestri had nothing to do with this movie.
1: Batman Returns was boosted by arousal.
0: Very boosted. And
1: Death Becomes Her was boosted by alcoholism, I think,
0: from memory. Yeah. Uh, And those are the two things that have boosted Elvis by Baz Luhrmann. All right. There we go. That's that. Now I've got to get back into Odd Sox Entertainment gear to wrap this episode up. What is next that you are looking forward to watching? It's already out, but I'm looking forward to season three of Love, Victor. Oh, yes. I've got to start that too. Obviously, they released that in Gay Month. Yep. Yep uh but yeah third looking, and final season looking forward to watching that Thank, thankfully it's the third and final season because we don't I'm over shows that are set in high school making us watch them after high school
1: yeah or if you if there's an original cast and then they graduate. Glee. And then they introduce new characters and none of them are anywhere near as good as the original cast.
0: No, but you still watch it because you've watched three seasons of Glee. So you have, feel like you have to watch four and five.
1: Yeah. And then I'm like, I feel like watching something really problematic. I'll
0: watch Glee. Oh, I'll go back and watch Glee. Yeah. Um, Is there anything that is coming up soon that you are looking forward to?
1: Um, I saw an
0: ad the other day for a TV show that's coming to Channel 10.
1: It's like a reality thing. Yes. Um, I was going to apply for that. That has been um, on the UK and I've seen a UK version of it. Oh, yeah. It's called Hunted. Yep. Is that the one you were going to apply yeah. for? Yeah. You would have lost. Um. No, I would have been good. And yeah, so it's like you are wanted and yes. people hunt you down. And you have to stay unfound <laughs> for um, it's basically hide and seek. Okay, great. And it looks really good. Well, the um, what you call it version was really good. English version was really good. So, because it's like you can go anywhere, and like people are watching security camera footage and stuff. So it's like you need to get out of town. Yeah. Go to Flinders Street Station. I go to But there's, there's always um <laughs> There's but how do you get there? I'm going to walk. You're going to walk. There's something... You're uh, going to walk to cleans Yeah. Right.
0: There's something that's coming that I forgot was coming that I have just remembered. I want to dance with somebody.
1: Oh, shit.
0: Yeah. A biopic of Whitney. When's is it coming set out? to release in December. I... Stanley Tucci, who we like. Is he playing Clive Davis? Yeah, uh, he's playing Whitney. Yeah. God, he's pretty good. He's a good <laughs> Very actor. Very versatile. Mm. I wanted to say I one thing. I hope he doesn't do blackface. <laughs> I wanted to say one thing about Elvis. Uh, uh, something I read that reminded me the other day, uh, Colonel Tom Parker, so Tom Hanks, smokes a lot of cigars. I read yep. a thing that the other day, when Gary Oldman played Winston Churchill, mm. he smoked that many cigars that he was hospitalised for nicotine poisoning.
1: Well, no wonder he's retired.
0: Yeah. Uh, Stanley Tucci is playing Clive Davis. Uh,
1: who's Naomi. with
0: Naomi Aki is playing Whitney. Okay. Ashton Sanders is playing Bobby Brown.
1: Who's oh, playing Kevin Costner?
0: Uh, I don't know, and I'm not sure. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Tamara Tooney is playing Sissy Houston. Right. Uh, and Clark Peters is playing John Houston. I haven't heard Whitney's father, of not Angelica's father, John Houston. John Houston, not <laughs> yep. the famous director. Yep. Okay. Um, you Barry Aykroyd is doing the cinematography.
1: You know what's a weird connection between Tom Hanks and Elvis?
0: Uh, he was played Mailbox Elvis in that one that Kim Bassinger was in that I said before in Forrest Gump.
1: Yep. When because Forrest is a kid, he meets Elvis as a kid, um, and he has braces on his legs. Yes. So when he dances, he dances funny. Oh. So that is in the movie Forest Gump in that alternative universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, of in his, the Gump of universe, history, he teaches Elvis how to dance.
0: Well, there you go. There you go. Uh, so yeah with the Whitney biopics just I just got reminded of that so I'm um, um, I'm looking forward to that coming up. I soon. I am some yeah cautiously optimistic. Can I tell you something I'm not looking forward to? Avatar the way of water. one mm. because I don't think we need it by now but also I've just seen the runtime. How is it? Do you want to have a guess? Um, let's see, James
1: Cameron, you are commenting on the run time, so I'm going to say that it's longer
0: than the other Avatar. 357. Oh, no. 330 oh. is still too long for a movie in modern cinema times. It's got to have an intermission. No. 330, there's yeah. no way. I'm, I'm, that's two toilet breaks that's for me. Too to-
1: I almost didn't get through. <laughs> I was almost going to be those people in Elvis that left with about 15 minutes to go. I'm like, you stuck it out for this one. You don't have to beat the
0: traffic. Yeah, but also like, it's not like, oh, I'm leaving because I know he's going to die. You knew he was going to die when you went into the movie. Yeah, but you knew you knew the story of Elvis by the age of them, they were around. So okay, <laughs> yeah, but you also yeah, you have a pretty good idea that when it gets to 1975, the movie hasn't got long to go. Do you reckon they were like <laughs> they were like,
1: I'm just here to see the TV special, and then they go, yeah, right, it's all downhill yeah, from here. Let's I, go. <laughs> I remember the
0: comeback special. Uh, so that's all I want to see. Um, yeah. So I'm not too looking forward to Avatar two. The only reason I think I want to go is because they have a kid, Sam Worthington. Oh, and has Zoe kid, Saldana. And Zoe Saldana. Yeah, a blue kid. I want yes. Or is it I, like a baby blue? Well, no. Yeah, it's a young blue kid. And I want to go, and it's not definitely not going to be in the movie, but I want to go to find out... If they have sex well, as blue
1: people yeah, or a blue and a human. Because,
0: has Sigourney Weaver's character designed the avatar well enough that the avatar can reproduce with the people? In like some or, sort of
1: twisted Sims way where you make your Sims have sex? Yeah, okay. or
0: did Sam Worthington come out of the avatar? He's like half the size. Of the blue people. Right, that's and true. And then somehow they and And disabled. Things. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> it's definitely not going to be in the movie. So
1: what, I wonder what happens in Fern Gully 2. Is that no Yeah, interesting. yeah Fern
0: Gully 2 when they have a kid. I don't think that happens. Uh, or you reckon The Way of the Water is what they've ripped off. They've gone to the beach in Byron Bay. Zach is in Fern Gully 2's The Way of the Water.
1: One movie I am looking forward to... Is, we mentioned last week, is the musical movie of Matilda. Yeah, I was trying to explain
0: that to someone the other day. And they were like, oh, I saw the pictures of Emma Thompson. And they're like, oh, I'm excited for the remake of Matilda. I'm like, oh, it's not just a remake of the movie. Like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, they're making a movie of the musical. They're like, no, no, they're making another movie. I'm like, yeah, yeah, the movie of the musical. There was the movie... And then there was the musical by Tim Minchin. Now they're making the movie of that. And this guy still didn't get it. Then another guy was like, like Hairspray. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, like Hairspray. And it being the musical made this person less excited about it. Mm. Can Emma Thompson sing? I'm sure she can. She can do everything. She's great. Well done, Emma Thompson. Anything else? Uh, No, that's all I can think of at the moment. Thanks for listening to another episode of Odd Socks Entertainment with a little not-so-many two-drink cinema episode in the middle. If you want more two-drink cinema uh, reviews, then the links are in our episode description. But make sure you've subscribed to Odd Socks Entertainment so you don't miss any more of our chats. Thank you, Bratz. Thank you.
1: Let's have a chat. An open, honest chat. Join best mates Lee and Jeff as they strip back everything, literally and figuratively,
0: to have an open conversation about life.
1: No pants, no problems. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform so you don't miss an episode. Join the conversation by following us on Facebook and Twitter at NoPantsPod.